You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And to get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, Himalaya. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Now, the Mets have officially hired a pitching coach, and it is a familiar face, Jeremy Hefner. So I'm going to talk about that hire throughout the first half of the podcast and kind of go over where the entire coaching staff stands. Later on in this show, I want to talk a little bit more about what I spoke about yesterday, which is this Starling Marte trade. There has been some more potential uh, trade packages floated out there, so I kind of want to walk through what those other packages could be. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. And speaking of MetsmerizedOnline.com, I encourage you to go to my Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan and look at this piece that I retweeted Tuesday on Jeremy Hefner because Matthew Brownstein, over a year ago actually, did an interview with Hefner that kind of takes you through the arc of his career, what he was doing at that point as an advanced scout for the Twins, That role ended up transitioning into being an assistant pitching coach and kind of set him up for this eventual role with the New York Mets. And so to kind of give you the cliff notes, this was a player that was drafted by the Mets twice when he was in college, uh, didn't sign either time, ended up eventually getting drafted by the San Diego Padres. The Mets would claim him off waivers and he became a Met. Making his Major League debut, he pitched in 26 games that year, made 13 starts, pitched to a 5.09 ERA across 93 and two-thirds innings pitched. Then in 2013, he pitched to a 4.34 ERA uh, across 24 games, 23 starts. Actually had a pretty solid season if you really look back at it. He did give up a lot of home runs, 20 home runs, but he was pitching through an elbow issue that entire time. And it turned out he needed Tommy John surgery, gets the surgery, later has to go through another Tommy John surgery where he actually broke the ulna, I guess, in his elbow and, you know, battled back again, tried to make it with the Cardinals, was able to pitch in a season and then had rotator cuff issues. So really, his talent was never really materialized as a starting pitcher. He just never was able to to get on the mound and stay on the mound because of injuries. It really just took a toll on his career. You're talking about a guy who is 33 right now, turns 34 in March. If he did not have those injuries, he could very well still be pitching right now. So Hefner, I think, has this reputation maybe um, of not being the best pitcher, but really, we don't really know what he would have been. I mean, he was drafted eventually in the fifth round, so he did have... A lot of talent at one point, and it materialized a little bit with the Mets, but the injuries really got to him. So I think when you look at this hire, you have to wonder, 
what does he bring to the table? And again, I urge you to go and read this article um, from Matthew Brownstein where he interviewed him because it talks about how he kind of fell into this role where he had a former college coach that recommended him to get hired by the Twins. He was one of the first guys here who was able to take the information, the new analytics and all those things, and break down opposing teams and translate that to the Twins. He would basically scout ahead for whatever their next series was, travel with the team so he could talk through all the matchups and the different things he discovered and how his pitchers should attack their hitters. And apparently he did really well in that role. And that is kind of this new age idea when it comes to a pitching coach is being able to understand the analytics and break down film and go through all these different things to really discover what a pitcher is best at and make sure that they're not just throwing their fastball because they think that you should throw a fastball in a uh-oh count. You want to pitch off your best pitches, so if that means throwing the curveball more, if that does mean leaning heavier on the fastball, whatever it is for that specific pitcher in the Mets field that Jeremy Hefner is the right guy to identify those things. It's kind of similar to the guy they had last year, Jeremy Accardo, as the assistant pitching coach. I don't know if that was his title. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on what the actual title was, but essentially he was kind of a conduit from the front office to the coaching staff of trying to blend these analytics and strategize and take that to the players directly. Now they have someone who's very familiar with that in the role of being the pitching coach. You also are probably still going to have a Cardo back. I would assume they haven't. I don't think they've officially announced that, but I would think he's probably back in that same role. And so that's the approach the Mets are going to take this year. Uh, I think that it's very new age. I think it is current. It is what is going on with all these new pitching coach hires. I don't know if we're going to see the 30-year pitching coach who's been doing it forever like a Dave Island getting jobs anymore. I'm not sure if that's what teams are looking for. So you could be mad at the Mets, but this is really where the game is going. And so I think the Mets being with the times and trying to get behind all these new ways that teams are winning games, that should be something that's applauded. You want them to be consistent with what's going on around baseball, and you just hope they got the right guy. My one concern when looking at this coaching staff is simply bullpen management. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm not sure who the bullpen coach is going to be, but that's not necessarily what I mean. I mean, are they going to have the person in there that knows which guy to go to and which spot to get through and make the right decisions to win games? Because right now you're talking about the bench coach, um, Hensley Bam Bam um, Mullins, who was a hitting coach for a long time, just became a bench coach a couple years ago with the Giants, does he have what it takes to help Beltron along in those ways? Jeremy Hefner, 33 years old, highest position was assistant pitching coach, advanced scout. Does he know how to manage a bullpen, who to go to? You have Carlos Beltron, who has all the baseball knowledge in the world, but at the same time, was he ever really sitting on the bench at the end of his career thinking, should we go to Will Harris or 
Colin McHugh. I, I don't know who was on that team, but the bottom line is who is going to make those decisions? And that's something that I think Mickey Callaway really struggled with, and he was a pitching guy. So there's no way to know if Beltran has that trait until we see it unfold. Obviously, the first prerequisite is getting good arms in that bullpen, but right now, as the coaching staff stands, I just don't know who is helping Beltran make those decisions, and I'm not necessarily confident that there's someone in his ear who necessarily has that experience, but you know what? Maybe he doesn't need that person, and maybe Beltran can handle it all by himself. So where we stand right now to kind of go over the coaching staff. Beltran's your manager. Mullins is your bench coach. Hefner is the pitching coach. Chili Davis returned as the hitting coach. His assistant hitting coach, Tom Slater, returned as well. Gary DeSarcina is expected to return as well. I'm not sure if he will still be the third base coach, but they'll move him over to first base and hire someone to be the new third base coach. That's still up for debate. You have Luis Rojas likely to remain as that quality control coach who was, again, another bridge from the front office to the coaching staff. And then I would assume that Ricky Bonus might return as a bullpen coach. So I think that's where they stand at this point. There's maybe one more hire to make, and then everyone's roles need to kind of be put into stone. But it seems like the Mets are almost there, which is a good sign that things are starting to progress a little bit. And maybe they can move on to some of the bigger parts of their offseason, like making trades and signing players. And I want to continue to talk about the prospect of trading for Starlin Marte in just a minute. But first, Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all other offers from the Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcastNetworks.com slash offers. Alright Mets fans, let's talk a little more about Starling Marte. And it was kind of funny last night because in the offseason, I'm taking advantage at times of being able to record podcasts during the day with no game being played at night. And so I had this whole Starling Marte podcast put together based on the Andres Jimenez trade talk that Jim Duquette had out there, that package with Andres Jimenez being the headliner, uh, Franklin Guillaume, David Peterson, or Mark Vientos. That was what I thought was going to be a good trade package to talk about. Then at 8.30, John Harper drops this article where he talked to these scouts and got their opinions on what a trade could mean. And I thought, do I scrap that podcast? Do I add it? What do I do? I decided to just kind of leave it as it was and then address it today. So this article was interesting because he talked to opposing scouts. He talked to an AL executive. And they had a very high opinion of what Starling Marte is and what that value is going to be on the market. Because you look at these trade packages, they're a little bit steep. One scout says Marte for Francisco Alvarez, Kevin Smith, and Franklin Keown. So, obviously, Keown was part of the other package I talked about. Pitcher, top pitching prospect at one point for the Pirates, or one of the top ones, traded over in this Dribble Cabrera trade. 
He is rehabbing off of Tommy John surgery. Kevin Smith is another pitcher. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Mets in 2018. He spent this past season first in St. Lucie, later in Double A, made 17 starts, pitched to a 3.15 ERA in Single A, then in Double A pitched to a 3.45 ERA. So that is some interesting starting pitching depth that the Mets have. Do you want to trade a guy like that? And then you're talking about the big name, which is Francisco Alvarez, who I talked about a little bit, I believe last week or a couple weeks ago. He just turned 18 years old. He is not anywhere close to the big leagues, but he is projected as one of the best catching prospects in baseball. He's got a really high ceiling. So to sell on that, for a player like Marte, I don't think that that's the deal the Mets can do, especially when you're giving up a lot of your starting pitching depth to guys that are in the upper levels of the minor leagues. Then you get to another couple trades, which include J.D. Davis or Dominic Smith. We always knew that these were guys the Mets are probably willing to move this offseason. They do not have a position, Dom Smith, because Pete Alonso is blocking him at first base. J.D. Davis, because he's really bad at defense wherever you put him. And so trading these guys does make some sense, and I think the deal I would consider more is J.D. Davis and Thomas Zabacki for Marte. I would actually be more hesitant to trade Zabacki than Davis. I know that that is shocking to people after the offensive season that J.D. Davis just had. People really like him. Um, I liked rooting for him. I think that he seems like a great guy, someone who was great in the clubhouse, really bonded with the young players like Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, and everyone else. A big part of the winning in the second half but when you look at the numbers defensively, I mean, they are bad. He cannot play left field. I know he is working hard on it. Maybe he shows up at spring training, a new player, and he can get by. But he just does not look like an outfielder to me. I just don't see him being able to get the good jump that you need to play a competent outfield, even though he has a good arm. You put him at third base, and he looked even worse when you talk about the defensive metrics. So, it's hard to find a position for him, and so giving him up for Marte makes a lot of sense because you sell a little bit high on him, and Marte comes in and really makes the roster make a lot more sense. Zabaki is someone who is left-handed. He's finally getting back after Tommy John surgery, and he has a really high ceiling. So, I would be hesitant to move him, but of all the packages out there, this might be the best one for the Mets if this is something the Pirates would do. So I think I probably would say yes to that one. Then the third one is Dominic Smith, Andres Jimenez, and David Peterson. So to me, that one is a little bit worse because Dominic Smith is a really good hitter. Okay, Does he fit the Mets roster? No, but as the first bat off the bench left-handed... It could work, and he could be part of this team next year and into the future, or he could be used in another trade. Andres Jimenez right now is a really great shortstop defensively. We'll see if he develops the power he needs, but he's coming off a great Arizona Fall League. I do think that I would trade him, but I would like to trade him more in a package similar to the one we talked about yesterday, where you're only giving up prospects and... As I talked about yesterday with that package, I'm hesitant to give up David Peterson because Peterson 
is the closest thing the Mets have right now to a starting pitching prospect that could come in next season and be in the rotation and make an impact. Is he going to be a frontline starting pitcher? Probably not. But if he has a ceiling of maybe coming in and being a middle of the rotation, a three or a four, that is huge for this team right now, especially when you talk about the likely departure of Zach Wheeler, Marcus Stroman potentially being on the move after this year. You're going to need someone to fill those shoes and to be a cheap arm in that rotation, especially as Jacob deGrom starts to make the big money in his contract. Noah Syndergaard makes more money through arbitration. Steven Matz, same thing. And if you want to lock either of those guys up, I think if the Mets were willing to spend and they were willing to bring back Zach Wheeler, then all of a sudden it's a lot easier to swallow the loss of someone like a David Peterson. But it does not look like that is going to be the case. So I think it's just interesting to see what the market for Marte might be. And we're talking about the Mets trading two or three really good pieces. Is that something you want to do for a player who's north of 30, who has a little bit of struggles defensively? Again, I say he's a better center fielder than anyone you have, but is he a gold glover? No. I'm not sure if that's the best move, especially when you're talking about a farm system. That is so bad right now as it is. So I don't know if there's a better trade out there. they got to try to find a way to address center field, but this might not be the best way to do it if the cost of acquisition is as high as it is. But if you're going to trade J.D. Davis, this would be a great trade to pull off if it doesn't cost too many prospects on top of it. I would absolutely be open to some form of a J.D. Davis-Marte swap. It's just got to be the right prospect swapped with him. Anyway, thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked on Mets.